My name is Ray Stucanus, and I have a three-year-old daughter. My name is Robert Clark Chan, and I have a three-year-old son. My name is Marshall Givens, and I have a seven-year-old son and five-year-old twins. And together we are my, my three dads. No, I try to. I really it tried. Was, it wasn't so bad, except that Ray just like jumped the gun. She was like, <laughs> "My three dads." I'm setting the I'm setting the pace. What You're the heck? pace setter. <laughs> oh, you oh you think this is a race? <laughs> I'm the pace car. Hey everybody, that will never happen, and I just have to come to the grips of the fact that we will never get on the same page with that. But welcome back to my three dads. This is episode eight. We're doing a big we're doing a big one this week. We're doing Sesame Street. We all watched from the most recent what season fifty one mm-hmm. of Sesame Street. So we're going to be talking about kind of modern age Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. But before we do that. The topic at hand that I wanted to talk about, and I brought this one to the table because I just recently came off the pandemic. We took our first vacation and we've talked about vacations in the past, but we went to Legoland and my wife and my and my three, almost four year old uh, went to Legoland. We stayed at the Legoland Castle Resort, which is a lot of fun. Oh, dang. Uh, Really? Like we went for it. You know, like we've been cooped up for a year and a half. We're going for it on this trip. And so we went to the Legoland Castle Resort. We'd spent two days at Legoland and one day at the San Diego Safari uh, Park, which is Wait, sort is that of par- part of it or no, it's it's a totally separate thing. Oh, okay, we, okay. In between two days at Legoland, we went to the San Diego Safari Park, which is a good like 45 minute drive away from Legoland. And it's a lot hotter part of San Diego. <laughs> and and it's it's like a zoo, except that essentially there are no enclosures. There's just huge, wide open areas, Dear and Lord. the animals just live in there. And you are there like all with of them the, together. Like... Yes. So I mean, so obviously not predator and prey, but uh, <laughs> there's base, there's big sections where essentially we we took like a, a a tram ride that went through the area where the enclosure is. You could see all of the different, you know, uh, buffalo and and and. I don't know stuff. There's a couple of uh, rhinos in there and giraffes and elephants. Oh. So you just sort of drive around and they're all just like free to go about wherever they want to, you know? Wait. So, okay. So what protects you from those animals? That's well, what I need to know. It depends on some of these, some of these uh, trips, you just have to, you know, don't uh, mess with them. Cause if you pay extra, you can get like a, a Jeep trip. And you can oh. essentially drive through it like a safari. Like this was an African safari type stuff? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't, you don't go hunting them, Marshall. It's okay. No. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I guess maybe if you pay bullshit. enough. I mean, I don't um, need, like... <laughs> But no, what I like about it is they're not they're not entrapped in small enclosures and cages. It's a big wide open area and they're sort of free to be free. Mm. And so and and it's really kind of nice. And what we were it was like a, a trek around kind of the the rim around the top kind of uh, uh, going through an area. But there's definitely a part where you're going through where it's like, yeah, there are animals here. We might have to stop. <laughs> rhino crossing. Yeah, it might be a rhino crossing or something. You know. But the, the, the reason why I brought all this up is, is Legoland, if you have a three to five-year-old, my personal belief is that Legoland, if, you, if you're around here, is a wonderful place to go to. Like, I've not seen a theme park really, like, channel itself towards younger kids of that type of age bracket like Legoland does. Like, there are so many little things, like, put into the park that let that that lean you into that age bracket that I think like that's where you got to take your kid. Hmm. That being said, my kid was upset <laughs> by everything. The entire time we were there, we could not go on a ride, we could not go to a place, we could not really do a thing that did not end in scream crying at the end of it. Mm. And and it was, we still had a good time. We still did things, but to, to bring, and I'm looking at other kids, three, four, <laughs> five years old, they seem to be doing fine. So now I immediately go internalized and I say, am I the worst parent in the entire world? Why is my kid upset by literally everything here? And everyone else seems generally fine. <laughs> that is shame. rough. That's a real shame. <laughs> And it, yeah, it's one of those things that I'm always concerned about too. And 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 the the way I figured it is that my kid is good at some things; he is not good at others. And so when I see a, a kid just acting like a perfect angel in like a restaurant or something like that, or you know, just any any one thing, 
I don't immediately beat myself up anymore, uh, thinking like, well, I have failed as a fo- uh, as a parent. Um, uh, I just like like, okay, you know what? I bet your kid uh, stays up to like eleven thirty at night and can only sleep in your bed with you. You okay. know, like, there's always yeah. something. Well, you have to, I mean, it's it's the whole thing of 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 how we inadvertently sort of of raise our kids to be submissive because that submissiveness makes it easier for us to parent. Yeah. But then that turns into, you know, adults who are submissive or who don't fight back against authority or who are afraid to be themselves, their genuine selves or, you know, things like that. who are afraid to question things. So, um, like I, yeah, it, I I fight that battle all the time of like, oh, behave, behave, and then like, wait a second, no, they don't have to behave, they don't have to act mm-hmm. a certain way. Like I got, so it's just it's just one of those things where like every day I think I have to like rededicate myself to like what's actually important in this situation, and then be okay with what what comes of that importance like what like what i then do towards like actually making that a priority versus obey my every command no Um, even though i still am like hey by the way do what the fuck i just told you to do (laughs) (laughs) but it's hard because like if you give in to everything they want Mm -hmm. then they Mm -hmm. become spoiled so like like that balance same thing every day i'm like where uh where is that line what am i doing here and i I just gotta figure out every time well, like, that's the thing is is i don't necessarily i want her to be her own person obviously and i want sure. her to disobey authority sure the thing is when you drop a big pile of money <laughs> i'm going to a place where fun activities are oh yeah and no. she is upset by every single yep. fun activity that everyone around us is enjoying perfectly fine mm-hmm. it gets frustrating you know oh, yeah. like i tried to prep her like we did a thing where i was watching like the roller coasters and the rides of Legoland. And they have these first person view YouTube videos and you can like watch all the different rides. It's really pretty cool. And so we do a thing where she'd sit, you know, she'd bounce on my lap or she's sitting, standing in front of me as I'm sitting on the edge of the couch and we're riding it. And I'll pick her up and I'll like shift her left and right and up and down. And we're having a blast doing this for weeks, months before we ever went to the park. And then we find she's loving it. She's like, I love roller coasters. What a blast. We get on there. And the first one we go on to is the Coaster Saurus, which I would re- refer to as a maybe a mid-level um, uh, a roller coaster. You know, it's nothing really intense at all, but it moves a little bit fast, you know, and there's some there's doesn't go upside down. So nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. And there's no big drops anywhere. And so I'm like, this is okay. This is a, a mid-intensity roller coaster on the lower side of it. And she got three seconds into it when she basically <laughs> was like sitting right next to me. And she was like, I don't want to do this. But by then, we are committed. <laughs> and so we, she's, and I'm holding her and I'm grabbing her and I'm like leaning over and I'm like, everything's fine. It's fun. Raise, you know, at first she was like raising her hands for the first two seconds. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> I got this. And I got tricked into thinking like this is going to go well (laughs) and then it was over and by the time uh, when it slowed down at the end and it pulled back into the station she finally felt comfortable scream crying just very very upsettingly loud and so we had to get her up be like excuse me everyone uh my child did not enjoy this ride (laughs) and and that was a theme that essentially carried through every other ride the entire rest of the day was that the first ride though the second ride we went on a, a a fairy we went on the fairy tale brook which is okay. a little boat ride where you go through lego versions of fairy tale characters mm-hmm. and we actually went on that three times and oh, every man. time after the first time she was screaming crying during that as well mm. she was terrified uh, of things she was not terrified of before wow. and and i don't know even like there's a ride with the the, the the pirate ship there's a little pirate ship ride with squirt cannons and you could squirt other boats and you could shoot water at people who are nearby and you could shoot at the obstacles. And I'm just, and we're watching it on YouTube videos. We're watching people on this ride with some of these kid influencer videos. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> and she's like, thinks this is the greatest thing ever. <clears throat> oh, you're going to shoot water. You'll get a little wet. You have fun pirate ship. We're on board for all of this. Great. The second that we get on the ride and it starts, she actually was so upset 
that she was getting even slightly wet and was so not <laughs> into this at all. She actually crawled under the bar and was loose in oh, the boat no. and looked like she was about to no. jump over the edge of the boat into the water. <laughs> and I had to physically grab her and pull her back under the bar again and onto the seat <laughs> and essentially throw myself over her like a human shield because while all this is going on, there's a dude in the boat in front of us who was your very stereotypical, fully dressed Raiders fan, the NFL team, the Raiders, exactly what you think a Raiders fan would look like and act like. And he was having a blast shooting both of us with as much water as physically possible because he could see how upset she was getting. Wow. And and I'm just like, of course, you're a Raiders fan. (laughs) You asshole. And so, yeah, she was very much like it was a very upsetting ride. And like we could basically do nothing right even the stuff she was generally enjoying when it would end she'd still be upset so, <sighs> but marshall you tell me you told me before we started recording <laughs> you you can make me feel better by telling me your story and yes. i will feel much better yeah. about what i expect i'll help i'll help you out a little bit so um uh there was a family trip to disneyland great a couple years back i want to say it was definitely not last year um, it was probably sometime in the summer of 2019. Maybe it was even earlier than that. Uh, so, you know, the, the twins are three at the time on uh, oldest is five and, uh, and it's a, you know, a big family thing. So, you know, wife, kids, um, you know, grandparents, uh, some, some grand aunts, uncle situation, uh, um, so a lot of people there. We're walking around. We're trying to, you know, enjoy stuff. And uh, one, like all of my kids, like to ride on my back as kids are want to do. They like to, you know, do the shoulder ride. But I, one of my kids in particular um, wants likes to ride on my shoulders, mainly because she just don't like walking around anywhere. Uh, <laughs> like I got one out of three kids who has like no interest in in most like. Uh, extra like walking like if it's too far that is just no it's not gonna happen i mean it'll happen but it, it she won't be quiet about it so, <laughs> so you know you walk around a lot in disneyland uh yes. because mm-hmm. I mean, wait in line a lot too like yes yes it's just it's just all the you know and and so i'm like i don't i don't really i, I could go one way or the other with disneyland like i i went to disney world when i was like seven in florida uh, did a whole Disney World cruise, uh, situation. So like, you know, I'm good. Like, I'm okay. Like, I don't have the same like nostalgic draw to Disney World and Disneyland that I know a lot of people do. I don't know. I'm not knocking anybody for it. I just don't feel it. So like, I'm never gonna go be at Disneyland like super excited to be there. <laughs> I'm just, it's just not gonna be me. Um. But I was happy that, you know, the kids are, you know, kind of enjoying it, even though they're, you know, the three or the twins are three, so they can't do a lot, right? Uh, And, and, you know, the five-year-old, you just got to find the one thing that he actually does like, which is what? Cars, of course. So anyway, we're walking around. Uh, the, the twin that doesn't like to walk decide, hey, can I get a ride on your shoulders? I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm walking around with her on my shoulders. Uh, uh, and we get to a part where I can't remember what exactly was, was going on, but I remember, I remember the moment it was like a, a a Brit, we were walking under a bridge and something was off to the side where Uh Uh she wanted to like get down and see it or or go to it or whatever. I forget, like, I don't even remember exactly what it was. I just remember what I did. Which was, <laughs> which was, she's like, oh, getting down. Okay, cool. I do what I would normally do. I reach up, you know, grab under the arms to lift straight up over the head sure. and then bring to the front and lower down, right? That's the normal standard protocol for removing a child from your shoulders, right? So I go, I reach up, I get under the arms, I go to lift. Now, this is, this is, you know, one, this child is actually the heaviest of all three of them. Uh, even though she's the middle child, she's, she's heavier than my oldest. So anyway, and, and even at the time she was, you know, she was pretty much the heaviest one. 
So I go, I lift her up straight up. Now my body felt as if she did an extra kick or something like an extra lurch. And it made my grip slip, but I was like, but she was over my head. Right. So (laughs) what happened was it like made her bump my head, which made her tilt forward. So that tilt forward plus the lurch made her kind of slip out of my grip. So what I would to do was cat like reflex, try to get my arms down as quickly as possible to try to catch her. Like mm-hmm. at that point, because she slipped out. So I'm trying to like get my arms down. If you can imagine yourself like trying to from both hands above your head, trying to bring them down in front of your body as quickly as possible to catch something. That's mm-hmm. what I was doing, except because of where she was on in that frame of 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 space. Oh, my, me bringing my hands down quickly just pushed her down quickly. <laughs> like they got, it was like the way that the space worked out was there was no way for me to get my hands down quickly without pushing. Like I was like, so to me, it felt like I threw my child on the ground face first. <laughs> oh what it felt like. That's what it, that's like, if I'm being completely honest, I thought, oh my God, I just threw my child face first onto the concrete. <laughs> Because she landed fucking lip first on oh, the ground. No, no. <laughs> landed foot. I mean, like, I can't say it enough. Landed fucking lip first. I, oh my God, I have never been so frightened for the thing that could have possibly happened to another human being in my life. Like, I, like, uh-huh. I, I, I thought I, I thought I, like, oh no, this is it. This is this is a concussion that's gonna turn into something else, and I just killed my daughter. Like I like I was like, oh my, because I felt it. I felt the force with which my hands like came down. So all I know is I did it. <laughs> like this is me, <laughs> and everybody's like, oh my god, and they ran up, and she, you know, she starts crying, and uh, you know, the lip and her lip is bleeding, and I'm just like, oh my god, are all of her teeth there? Is her jaw okay? Like, like, is everything like in the right spot? Like, I like, I'm like, oh my god, I did this, uh, and so like they're like, oh okay, you know, let's, you know, we, you know, we everyone's gathered up and and uh, we go find somebody with some ice, like one of the carts, and I'm like, can we put some ice? Oh, and they're like, hey, well, we'll let's we'll call in the walkie-talkie for you know uh, somebody to come and take you to the medical place and whatever and so then they take us to the medical tent and or not a tent the building and you know they're they're like icing and they're like well we don't know if it's a concussion uh we don't think so that we we doubt it's a concussion you know but if you would like you can go to the local hospital we can take you in an ambulance if you would like we don't think it's completely necessary but as a precaution if you want you could do that. And me being like, you know, freaked out dad, I was like, yeah, we're going, we're going to the hospital. We gotta go. Yeah, we gotta, go. We gotta go. Gotta go to the hospital. And my wife's like, okay, yeah, I think, all right, you should. Yep. Yeah, let's tell you, tell your parents, like, okay, everybody else can stay and whatever. Like, we gotta do it. We gotta go. And by this point, like, she's not crying anymore, but she's obviously still, you know, hurt and sad and in pain, but she's not like, you know, wailing like she was before. Um, we get in, you know, we take an ambulance to the hospital. They, you know, we wait for a little bit. There's uh, like other families there from other Disneyland related maladies. <laughs> it was just really. This is the Disney wing. Yeah, it was so funny too. Uh, and so we just waited until somebody could see her, and then you know, doctor checked her out, and you know, and it's like, okay, it's just a, you know, but last, you know, laceration on the lip or whatever, you know, and we don't, they don't need stitches, and. Uh, you know, nothing else is busted and she doesn't have a concussion or anything like that. So well, you're that okay. Did you're make free me, to <laughs> that made me feel better. Look, look, I maybe felt like a failure of a father at many times during the trip. And look, if you look at our vacation pictures that no doubt will be online very, very soon, you will see that nothing seems wrong and everything seems <laughs> joyous, which is a lie, which is a lie to the highest degree. But at least I did not put my own kid in the hospital. Nope. So <laughs> I would like to say unmitigated success. See, uh, you'd feel better. <laughs> we got to talk. Thank you. We got to talk about um, our show in just a sec. But Chan, do you have any thoughts of this? Do you have any uh, theme park thoughts? Because I don't believe you've Ooh, taken theme your, park your thoughts. That's the new podcast. Theme park thoughts. I love it. <laughs> I'm in, first off. I do not think you've taken your 
lovely child to the uh, to the theme parks yet. No. But uh, have you have you given any thoughts to it? Any? I mean, th- to cap this conversation, what are your opinions? We live uh, like two miles from uh, Universal Studios. Great park. Um, and so for the past, I don't know, two years. Um, uh, uh, in fact, yeah, we uh, uh, on our uh, uh, the day of our the day after we got married, we went to Universal, and my mom was just like just like bought us tickets, and so we had a fun old time. I love and, it. And so almost uh, from since before uh, our kid was born, I've had my finger on the button of like, let's get this annual pass. Uh, <laughs> you, yeah. you, go, you go one day, uh, and it's about the same cost as if you go f- if you buy the annual pass. So you know, like. Might as well just do it. Uh, I've just been hovering over it and been concerned. Uh, first, that he was too young and there was just nothing he was going to be able to do. It's like, why even bother? Uh, and then COVID hit. And so like, uh, and then it started lighting up. And so I, my, my finger was right over that button again. And uh, then I heard, started hearing about Delta variant. I'm like, mm-hmm. and even when we finally pull the trigger and we go, and he shows up. I am prepared for him to be for because there's a huge ass minion that you could see from uh like right, down right. the hill, just like on Lankershim. You can see it for a mile away. You know this huge minion, and he loves minions now. So you know we keep seeing. We're like I want to go see that minion. I'm like I know as soon as we get there, <laughs> it's gonna be like what is this garbage? What are these huge yellow monstrosities that you are subjecting me to? <laughs> How dare you? I'm ex- expecting him to melt down just like uh, your kid. Uh, so, like, I'm I'm prepared for it, and I fear it, and you know, I just, it's going to happen eventually. Well, you know, the 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 first the first clue for me should have been when she was very excited to go into the pool, and then after about I don't know a few minutes, she wanted to get out because the pool was. What? Yep. <laughs> yep. Should have been the clue. <laughs> but let's talk about our TV show because we're doing with a, a pretty big one. I'd say maybe the largest, is this fair to say, the biggest television show for children in the history of television? Yeah. Sesame Street. And look, I grew up on Sesame Street. I'm sure both of you did as well. And Sesame Street, a huge part of my life. I'm always going to be a big Muppets fan. I'm always going to be a big Sesame Street fan. And watching it here in season 51 with Teacher Appreciation Day. What is it? Epi- what is it? Episode twenty-five or something? Fifty-one twenty-five. There we go. Episode twenty-five of season fifty-one. You can see it right now on the HBO Max app. Mm-hmm. I assume that's what we all watched it on. Yeah. And uh, uh, I'll let you. I've talked too much of this episode, so I'll let you guys talk <laughs> a little bit first, and I'll come in with some of my thoughts afterwards. But look, Sesame <laughs> Street is like it's the grandfather of all kids shows. It's yeah. the big. Mm-hmm. It's the big Optimus Prime of all kids shows. Quite frankly, <laughs> what? And it, it, it is. I mean, like there's other great kids shows out there. Look, Bluey is an S tier show. I'll say it over and over again till I'm bluey in the face. No question. But Sesame Street is is really like this is where we're all going to be hanging our hats. So yeah. what are you guys' experiences with Sesame Street? And, you know, we're not going to recap the episode, but just sort of what were your impressions watching this episode? <laughs> Marshall, I'm going to throw to you first because I know <laughs> you've got a lot to say. <laughs> Thank you, Ray. Uh, um, uh, I will I will say, first of all, I will say that my kids do kind of watch Sesame Street. They not as much lately as they as i as i tried to get them to watch before mm-hmm. but watching this episode without my kids made me realize how much i didn't pay attention to it before because <laughs> i would say about 5 minutes into this episode i was checking the time hoping that it was only another like 8 to 10 minutes left <laughs> yeah, that's fair. and that's was disappointed fair. when there was like 20 minutes left <laughs> cuz i was like oh i don't I don't actually want to watch this anymore. Oh no. <laughs> like I don't like it just never occurred to me before tonight <laughs> watching it. Like, wait a second. This is annoying. I don't like this. I'm tired of Elmo's voice. They've they've shoved Elmo down our damn throats. I'm done. 
<laughs> I like I don't really. The only thing I did appreciate was Elmo's dad in the beginning, uh, uh, because I just looked at Elmo's dad and I just knew he smoked weed. So oh, I was he's like, a All huge right. pot. Like we know weed. Elmo's dad. He's got the soul patch. We know Elmo's dad's burning one as soon as Elmo gets to school. <laughs> like that was what I was like focused on. <laughs> Because I was his dad isn't his job like a jazz musician or something like that. Yeah, that's why they gave him the soul patch, right? Like everybody knows if you have a soul patch, you play a sax or some kind of uh, jazz instrument. You play upright bass, sax, or or the trombone. Um, That uh, whole Elmo fam is definitely black coated. (laughs) It was, uh, but then like it just the, the everything about. Why are they letting preschoolers walk to school by themselves? I know it's Sesame Street, <laughs> but no streets that safe. <laughs> like that, like there was all these little things that kept showing up, and I was just like, I don't, I don't want, I want this to be like like shows nowadays. They're like you give you twelve to thirteen minutes, and then it's a new episode. That's what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, like, please let this true. be over. <laughs> um, and they did do that with Sesame Street for a while. Um, they were doing shorter episodes, but now that HBO has it, I think they've gone back to the longer format. HBO said, we pay for this shit, damn it. You're getting yeah. all of this Elmo. <laughs> getting all this Elmo in get, get over here. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, one thing that really sticks out, I mean, is is how narcissistic Elmo is. Like, he, he refers to himself in the third person. <laughs> and Elmo is literally the kid where anybody could be doing anything else, and Elmo would just walk up to them and then say, Elmo feels like this about it. It's like, Elmo, no one's even talking to you. Like, why are you making this about yourself? Nobody uh, cares, two, dude. Two things. One, that is a child, uh, and 100% uh, checks out as as realistic. <laughs> uh, two, I definitely want to see Elmo and The Rock going at it. Like, old school The Rock. <laughs> the Rock says kind of rock, not like oh, the, wow. the friendly uh, uh, rock <laughs> we have nowadays. It doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> uh, here's the deal. Uh, I'm here for that. I was the same way in that I was, because it was such a big part of my growing up, I really pushed uh, Muppet, or, well, Sesame Street hard, and he was into, uh, my kid was into it for a while, uh, tried pushing Muppets, he was not really down with the Muppets, and he's drifted away from Sesame Street, so yeah, I did watch this one solo, because every time I try and bring it up, I was like, hey, check out, you know, want to watch the Sesame Street? It's like, no, I want to watch pj masks or whatever crap <laughs> um but uh i this was okay uh for a couple of reasons uh one nina nina's pretty great <laughs> oh, oh, my. nina she, Look, she that, teaches karate highlight uh, of the episode. she is is nina the new maria uh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably, yeah. i found i found nina to be very watchable um <laughs> I, I found that she she lit the place up every single time she was in a scene, uh, which can is delightful. We, the, the plot, you know, down this road. Can we do the this? Plot, look, is there, uh, there, there, there is a tradition in kids shows of having attractive people in the kids shows and feeling weird about it and feeling like that's. I'm not comfortable <laughs> with attractive people in my kids' shows. It's something I've noticed for a long time and still feel very strange about, quite honestly. <laughs> uh, I mean, here's the thing. She's the Marianne. Uh, she's like a girl next door. And so it's not, we're not talking like sex pot or anything like that. Or like, oh yeah, I totally want to jam my thing no, in her. Not, not just even like, like that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But just like, yeah, like, man, that is... That is a, a wholesome girl next door look. Mm. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Although while watching Sesame Street, those are not the thoughts, you know. I mean, if you're watching uh, I it alone, I guess it's okay. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. ideally, Marshall, unless you're doing it for a podcast, yeah. you're not yeah, yeah, watching yeah. it alone. You don't hey, want to tell anybody that you're hey, watching look, it alone. This HBO Max subscription costs money. <laughs> <laughs> no, my I wife went to every she went to bed last it. night at like 10 30. And then I threw on Sesame Street like a weirdo. <laughs> not gonna, thankfully, I didn't have. I haven't had to answer any questions about it up to this point. At least honest, I watch it during the daylight hours. Come on, man! Yeah, no, if you got no, Sesame was, Street on and there's no sunshine out, you I, better I, be in Alaska. I, I poured a cold one. I said, "I'm doing this," and I watched this 26 minute Sesame Street. I went into a garage late at night. I was watching.
watching Charlie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm gonna, I'm watching set. Like, okay, so this is the thing that I was thinking of too that I noticed about it was the um the modernization of the songs, right? Sure. Because like they did the thing like they did um in uh in Frozen Two when they did like Lost in the Woods where they just basically turned it into an eighties rock uh, uh ballad. Right, yeah, rock. Great uh, moment. Song. Great moment. Like so, like, but I so it noticed, and I'm like, oh, okay, so they they're doing all of this extra stuff for the letter of the day song and the number, uh, you know, of the day song. It's great. That I'm like, what do the kids notice? Is it for the adults to notice that change and that difference, or to notice the similarities between actual music videos, or is it for the kids because the kids need that extra stimulation? Or does it just not really matter? And they only did it for themselves. Well, I mean, Sesame Street at this point is one of the most highest focus grouped TV shows on the planet. Okay. Like they, they have child psychiatrists or they have all these people involved in the making of this show to make sure that this show is doing what they want it to do. And they've got 51 years of, of, of attempts and trying to get this thing right. So they, the people who make it know they're making a sh- who they're making a show for. They know what they want to accomplish with the show, and they want to make sure it, at least it's passable for adults. That's why you get like Cookie Monster, uh, Avenger, and Hunger Games and Harry Potter parodies. And it wasn't in this episode, but they're all delightful. And Cookie Monster is the greatest comedian of the 20th century, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and I'll and I will stand by that statement. And and Truck um, Chef. But what, one yeah, thing we're is, not is, even there yet. Oh we'll, well, get to that. ooh boy, we get the food truck. That's that's S tier as well. But what I say here is 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 my kid has the app, has the app on her iPad of Sesame Street. So a lot of the stuff like the Ed Sheeran song and, and a few of the other bits. The Yo, food I could have done bit, without that for real. Uh, like, I was fine with I it. If I could have not, I could have done song. without all the Ed Sheeran close-ups. I like <laughs> I, every weird. bit of that Ed Sheeran song. I was. I so thought upset. he was severely tatted up and you could not see a visible tattoo to save your life with this Ed Sheeran bit, which is whatever. It's fine. So, but I, I'm aware of all these songs and bits. So it was just like seeing the new thing for teacher appreciation day. And the kids wanted to make a present for their teacher and then presenting it and not agreeing on what they should make. That was all fine. And then it was all these other little like three minute segments thrown in. And I'd seen at least half of them before. So at least it felt comfortable for me walking like, Oh, I know this Ed Sheeran song. It's, this is great. <laughs> Bring, come in here, Ed. You've been on Game of Thrones. You're fine. <laughs> oh, Wait a minute. Is that one of his songs that they changed I, into? I never know. It's To me, it's, okay. it's a, to me, what they either do is they parody a song that I've just never heard of because my music reference is very bad, as we established on Knowing Us Half the Podcast. <laughs> but, or they do a sound-alike song where they do a song that's sort of like how Weird Al does his style parodies. I, They'll do songs I, that sort of sound like what that artist would sing. I, yeah, so that's what I I thought it was like something where they ask the artist to craft a song based around certain parameters, maybe very possibly. Because uh, I'm like, okay, because I, I I had a, I, I seeing him Ed Sheeran do that song, I was like, well, I don't imagine them writing a song for Ed Sheeran Ed Sheeran that happens to just sound like something he would write or sing. So like it just it just occurred to me as like, well, they probably you know, like I would imagine a lot of artists would come in with a bit of of I mean, I don't want to say like bad ego in a bad way, but, you know, like they're they're musicians, they you know, they're songwriters yeah. and, and stuff. So I would imagine that it would be a weird conversation to then tell this artist, hey, we're we want you to sing this song that we wrote for you and we wrote this music for you versus it being a more collaborative that thing makes sense. with that artist otherwise like yeah i just can't it doesn't it's like this song specific i was like well this really this sounds like some ed sheeran shit so like he probably <laughs> he probably had a hand on on was involved this. that's fair <laughs> That's a fair statement. Now, uh, uh, so so talking about Sesame Street now, does I mean this is the question is 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 does it hold up? Because one thing that I watched is I watched some original old school Sesame Street, like nineteen sixty nine. Yeah, I in the early seventies. Nice. Honestly, it was like seventy seventy one was some of the stuff I was watching uh, because it was suggested by the app at the time or, or HBO Max says classic Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what's this about? And the shit made no sense at all. Like <laughs> it, it was poor. It just it. 
I understand that they were making a kid's show and that kid's shows were bad at the time. And so many of the segments on Old Sesame Street were bad. And that's fine. I still, I still, I still can't get over some of them where I'm like, what was even the point of that? But like I said, that's where the focus groups come in. And that's where they really have honed their game over 51. You give me 51 seasons to get it right. It's going to be on a machine by the time we get to season 51. (laughs) That's sort of what it feels like here, right? They just, it's very, very paint by numbers. It's very easy. I have to imagine the writer's room isn't overly complicated where it's just like, here's what we're trying to do. And here's how we're going to do it. Fill in the words. I'm interested. Uh, one of the reasons why I picked this episode was because as I'm looking at the uh, HBO Max screen, I see Charlie's face and my partner <clears throat> hates Charlie with a passion. Now, is Charlie the little girl and the teacher yes. appreciates it? What is this? Oh, child? She's like, that's... Shirley Temple was a monster. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're going there. All right. Here we go. I did. Okay. You said Charlie and I didn't know. I assumed it was one of the adult characters. But now that you say that this is that's that little girl, okay. I wasn't sure we were going to go there, but this child okay. is upsetting. Well, now, hold this on, because I don't funny. have a problem with Charlie. What? When she first came on, I think it was last season. She came on. I'm like, okay, I get this. Uh, the child has the this actor has a pretty good presence, and you know they uh, they're handling it with a plum. Often you she get does? kids on the the like the vibe is um that like this is a real kid and so they're kind of weird uh on you know on screen but like this kid was like yeah it's like a professional like if Haley joel osmond came on it, it would be exactly the same thing like just being like just like in the same way as the adults they're uh uh they're taking the space in a way that you know like you can tell they've been at it for a long time so i didn't have any problem with her um like i don't love her but she's fine but yeah, apparently you all have feelings. Well, okay. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not going to like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go where Ray's going. I don't think, <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that there is something about the, her performance that, and and I didn't actually realize it until you, you said that what you just said, uh, Robert, but I think it's because kid actors nowadays are so much more aware of performance in terms of for the screen and for the camera and all that stuff than a kid actor when say when Sesame Street first came out right mm-hmm. that's a, you know it's a still a relatively new medium so i think what it is with her is that because she is a kid actor in 2021 who has been exposed to all manner of kid shows, acting, performances, and all that. So in her mind, I'm pretty sure she's like, all right, well, I have to turn up this thing here, this aspect of my personality, of my smile, of my face, whatever. So as to this is where this is where this lives. This is how I get on this show. This is how I am am a member of this this cast is by being this way and being extra uh being turned up to 11 on stuff and that's i think where i think that's what ray might be feeling (laughs) and because i felt it too and was immediately made uncomfortable by her (laughs) <laughs> like immediately I was, I'm not going to like, it was like, as soon as I saw her, I was like, eh, I don't feel right about her. And it wasn't until you said that channel. I'm like, Oh, okay. That's why it's because she was, she was on, she was extra on. And then they would have camera shots where it would be puppet. It would be the puppets talking and not talking to her. And so what else is she supposed to do with her face? <laughs> like, She's got to sit there and pretend like these monsters are talking to her, to each other and to her and to, you know, Nina. And while at the same time, knowing it's not real. So I think that's what we, I think that's what we got from that performance was her being a professional child actor in a kid's show. Okay. <laughs> 
I got a deep sense of uncanny valley watching this child's performance <laughs> in that if you would have told me after the show that she also was a robot, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I would have believed you oh, because no. you can't, you, every time a Muppet would talk and she would have to look at the Muppet, she would put on the w- most bizarre plastic smile I've ever seen. Her <laughs> eyes would get ten times bigger, and then she would stare through the puppet into the <laughs> void behind it. I'm not convinced that child is real. I am not. You will have a hard time convincing me that that is not that Japanese robot with the face... No. And nothing else. Who is just making making shapes with their mouth, and somebody else is actually working the puppetry of this that girl. That girl's momager is going to come after you. <laughs> oh, and assuredly, I'm not ready to handle all of that. Now, look to what Robert Clark Chan very correctly said, or maybe Marshall said it. I never remember who says anything. No, don't don't put my name on anything G- good or bad. Gina, said it. It. Gina might have said this, to be honest with you. But this is how this kid gets on this program. Yeah. I absolutely feel you have to turn it up. You have to, you cannot be on camera without beaming like a, like an exploded sun at all times and think you can compete with Elmo and the other, the other puppets of Sesame street for the attention of anyone. So whether she was talking and saying something, I flat out did not believe or somebody (laughs) else was talking and she was just exploding with, with, with just presence. It was upsetting. I was unsettled. I did not care for her on my screen. No. But I understand why she's there. Oh, man. Curls. She's there for curl effect. Again, she is like if Shirley Temple uh, had awareness, uh, like uh, like self-awareness and was like going, going harder. Like, you know, because she looks like a little Shirley Temple, uh, quite frankly. And, and yes, and every single time I'm like, she's performing right now. That's the only thing I can think every second she's on screen is she is actively thinking about what she is doing and remembering her notes and, and remembering what we did in rehearsal. As an artist, I have gotten a feeling about this show from anyone on it is Chris. Chris is the only I love person. Chris. Oh, no. Chris is pretty great. Oh, no. I love Chris. Oh, oh see, no. okay. I will fight you on this. Look, we, uh, we can fight on this, man. Chris, Chris is bothers me. Bothers me. Bothers me. Bothers me. Wait, what's wrong with Chris? You're going to come to my know. man Chris. You better know, defend man. him. Some, some, <laughs> like the same problem that you have with her and her perf- overperforming is the problem I have with him. I'm like, dude, turn. I know it's a kid's show, but man, turn it down. Turn it no, down. Turn All, it down. Want more. <laughs> All of these people are from Broadway. They yeah, are that- performing as if they were on stage in a musical. And that is just the space. That is the space of Sesame Street. And you just got to accept that. He also has a twin sister who is a performer. What? Yeah, Did I not know that. that. Noise. Uh, only because he also, he took over for Keenan Thompson as the voice of Ronald the cat on um nature cat uh oh seriously yeah like at some point keenan keenan bounces uh after maybe like a first couple of seasons and then from then on it's 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 him uh uh and so the the change is noticeable the difference in voice is noticeable (laughs) but you can also hear him trying to do his best version of keenan doing this cat which is really just keenan just being a goofy, just a goofy character doing that. Ah, what are you saying? Ah, get away from me. Right? Like, like it's just Keenan being that, like right? It. So it's him trying to imitate that. And it's so off that you have to be a kid to like not care. But because I'm not a kid, I care. Weird <laughs> so- sidebar. Uh, I, I don't know if we're eventually going to get to uh, features, but uh, my kid is really into Hotel Transylvania. We started mm. with Hotel Transylvania 3. And then went back to the other two, which is when we, we found out that uh, uh, the mummy, who had been voiced by uh, um, uh, 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 Keegan-Michael Key uh, in three and then two, was in fact originally... Uh, um, Burgess Meredith. 
<laughs> no, Wait, um, CeeLo Green in the first movie. <laughs> And oh, so, so we got a secret life of pets situation here. When we were listening to uh, Keegan in the first, uh, the first time in part three, we we're like, "Well, this is kind of an odd choice for him to be making." Uh, I wouldn't expect that from Keegan Michael Key. I mean, he's a he's a great uh, performer and a voice actor and all that. So, like, sure, whatever. And then when we figured out, like, oh, he's doing CeeLo, that <laughs> made sense and also was real weird. Um, make of that what you will. Again, it's The Secret Life of Pets. The first one, the lead character, was played by a, a comedian named Louis C.K. Oh. And in the second one, he uh, the Not. character he's played by Pat Oswalt. A oh, a, that's a leap. A, and it's and they don't make any like literally the first one is full personality of Louis C.K. The <laughs> second one is full personality of Pat Oswalt. <laughs> they make no they make no defense of it. It's just this is what happens. <laughs> Um, but I will nice. look. I will talk about. I, I I love Chris's performance. So how dare you, Marshall? He's like the Tim Meadows of Sesame Street. He's just <laughs> always word. there. He's been there for like decades. I want to say he was there in season two. Um, quite frankly, I want to say he's always been there, and he uh, will was, always be there. Chris is eternal. Gordon uh, Ray, so a also, racist. I'm a big fan of Gordon. Gordon (laughs) still appears on the show from time to time. You don't ever leave Sesame Street. It's like the mafia. They'll just keep pulling you back in. Now, the question I would ask at the end of this episode, uh, Nina aside. Also, no, wait, real quick. uh, uh, Just a quick shout out to uh, the foodie truck, which is the best fucking segment uh, possibly on on children's Sorry, I almost passed that by. And and as bad as uh, any Sesame Street could get, it will always be redeemed by that segment. Um, like, uh, uh, I love Gonger so Gonger, much. Wait, Cookie Monster is great. They, wait, where's the mango? Oh my God, we fail. We're failures. We're failures. We're failures. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went, I, I stumbled upon the original show that Gonger was on, and it blew my mind to realize that his name is Gonger because his original thing he before he had speaking lines was that he would bang a gong just hit the for gong, like tea right? time every time like, yeah. and that's why they pronounce it Gonger and not Gonger Gonger uh, anyway Gonger I, I'm into it no for those that don't know uh, Cookie Monster and Gonger own a food truck together and they the do most like 20, a, the most 2021 shit ever it's yeah great and yeah and and they do like a food network style show where a kid will write in saying i want this and then they go through the process of making it finding out how it's made where it came from and then mm-hmm. they make it and deliver it to the kid and it's delightful it i mean what happens is cookie monster movie. like eat some shit and they're like what the f- we gotta go find it uh, how do we get more and then they gotta go like to the production company that makes it and uh find out how things are made so that's we, they, then, then they got to go to a cranberry bog and they gotta get <laughs> i'm sorry well, this a cranberry bog cranberry bog there it is all that said i will ask the question uh again nina aside uh is is sesame street in its current iteration is this a show that you would be happy that your kids are watching is it something that you would be okay watching are are you is it fun uh, I'll go first. I, I think this is great. I think Sesame Street, like you can never go wrong with it. Again, I really feel like they're, they are they know what they're doing and they're protecting your kids while <laughs> they're trying to educate them. So I would never feel weird leaving the room with Sesame Street on. Can't mm. say the same about a lot of other shows mm. that we have watched. Mui <laughs> <laughs> Mui Polkar, what? I'm <laughs> still not sure what the target audience of that show is. Might not uh, my kids, because every Might once not. in a while they'll say, can we watch Mui Mui Polka? God damn it. <laughs> uh, I, I am concerned that uh, I like the show more than he does. Oh. Uh, um, <laughs> and I, I push it on him. Uh, but uh, um, uh, I it's it is a well done show. Uh, any way you slice it so like you know what whatever uh would i watch it uh on my own like i sometimes watch bluey no uh although if there was like a supercut of uh uh foodie trucks i probably would if it's on youtube i probably would so um yeah i want my kids to watch it yeah that's fine i want them to watch it learn some lessons uh um uh i (laughs) i realize how much of a softy uh, uh, um, fatherhood has made me because um, <laughs> the uh, the closing song 
no matter what, always like touches me in my heart just a little bit. Always. Oh, the, uh, the, we want you to smarter. be kinder, you strong, kinder. smarter, strong, strong. stronger, smarter, and kinder. Kinder, like, yeah. We yeah. Want, we're helping you to become stronger and smarter and kinder. Mm-hmm. And I think that notion, every time I hear that, it like just gets me just a little bit because I'm like, oh, please. I Because just please, let's have, <laughs> I want more. We need more kind people. We don't need nice people. We need kind people. Yeah. We need kind sure. people. So, because these so kids yes, are not I would, nice. I would, but I'm not, not nice sitting there watching it by myself. Not again. <laughs> no, I, I'm not gonna lie. There was that moment that, like, five minutes into it, and I'm just like, if she comes out here, I have no, I have no explanation. <laughs> if, if, if she comes back out, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? The answer is, I, I have, I, yeah. I, and honestly, I if you're if you're being truthful, it's even worse. It's for a podcast, <laughs> oh, right? Right. Yeah, that's that's almost more disappointing than if I was watching it for pure enjoyment of my own. That would that would get more shame somehow. Um, but that is where we are, and that's what we've done. And that is my three dads for this episode talking about theme parks and Sesame Street. Woo. And and guys, thank you so much for listening. You know, you can go to us at my three dads pod. That's all the words spelled out on Twitter. Uh, individually, you can hit me up. I'm at Almighty Ray at 999 RPMs at Mr. Happy Given. And thank you guys so much for listening. Share the show. Uh, bring it on. You know, we're trying to build the numbers. We're trying to build the audience. So follow us on Twitter, interact with our social media and, and listen to the show and share it with your friends. That's all I got Please. to say about that. Please. Marshall, do What's you up? have a piece of parenting advice that we can go out on. Um, 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 uh, honor your kids' emotions. Mm. Even when they're scream crying? Yeah, even when there's, I can't do it when they're scream crying. You can honor their emotions. You don't have to indulge indulge in the bad behavior, but you can honor their emotions. I'll be honest, when they're scream crying, I'm on the verge of scream crying. <laughs> and maybe that's honoring their emotions the best way you can. I don't know. Maybe we should just all be like Elmo's dad and smoke a doob. Yeah. Yeah, I can get behind that. <laughs> all right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>